Welcome to the You Can Tell the Children podcast, a place where sharing God's word with the next generation in your circle of influence can be simple, easy, and fun. We know that intentionally teaching children about God and the relevancy of His word will be a game changer in their homes, schools, and communities. This podcast is a ministry of Bible to School, the experts in engaging children with the Word of God. Together, we will make sure you can tell the children about the love of Jesus. Ready, set, let's go. Hi, friends. Welcome back to the You Can Tell the Children podcast. I'm your host, Leanine Heiss, and this is episode 31. Each week, we're working to bring you content that will help you have powerful and lasting gospel conversations with the kids in your life. And today is no exception. I'm joined by my friend, Danica Elder, a special needs specialist, educator, and a grown sibling of a special needs family member. Today is near and dear to my heart because I have a daughter with special needs too. You'd never know by looking at us that we have spent a decade and a half fighting for a little girl God has given us to love. Today, we talk all about the kids in our lives who are extra or just need extra care, love, and attention. We dial in on Jesus's particular concern for these kiddos and land on ways we can support both kids and families with special needs. Imagine, what if that disruptive kid is exactly the one God is touching in a special way? Just wait. It's gonna be so good. Our show notes and the things we talk about in every episode are on our website at BibleToSchool.com. That's Bible, the number two, school.com. And while you're there, if you're interested in learning more about how God could use Bible to School in your community, reach out to us on the website. We have people eager to help answer your questions and walk with you. Now, let's get started with Danica. Well, my good friend, Danica Elder, welcome to the You Can Tell the Children podcast. Thank you for having me. It's so fun to have my friends meet my friends, and you are my in-real-life friend. Yes. So, Danica, for everybody that's listening who doesn't know you, introduce yourself and a little bit about your story to our audience. So, right now, I'm a teacher, and I have worked in the schools for the last seven years. But before that, I grew up in a family who loved Jesus and pointed me to Jesus, and they are and were my rock in that. And I also have a brother, and he has special needs, and he's an adult now, way taller than me. But that has been part of my story for 23 years, which is how long he's been alive. That plays a big role in my story and in the types of kids that I like to work with. So your brother, Brendan, is nonverbal autistic. Yes, correct. So we think about autistic kids, especially when they're young. They get a lot of, uh, what what is it, press time. Yes. Um, when they're in elementary school, we sometimes see them in high school, but we don't think, oh, these kids are going to grow up and then they're going to continue to be autistic. And you guys as a family are still walking through that, right? Absolutely. Uh, Every day is definitely kind of blazing the pathway, just like a lot of families, because around the time that my brother was born, there was a lot of, uh, of diagnoses. So we have just this group of now adults who we're just working for so that they can live a productive and authentic life. Hmm. So Danica, in school now, you have been a STEM teacher. A lot of people are 
going to wonder what STEM is. So go ahead. Tell us what STEM is. So STEM is science, technology, engineering, and math. You've done that for a year now. Yes. But before that, you've been a paraprofessional and worked with special needs kids along the way. Yes. I worked one-on-one with special needs kids as a parapro, going with them between their resource room classes and their special ed classes and their general ed classes. So talk to me about the spectrum of kids that you have seen and worked with as a parapro. So I have worked with kids who really just needed a voice uh, as someone to be there to support them socially and help them learn how to use their voice literally or figuratively. And then all the way up to in level of need, just even like aggressive and just that's the way that they handle their big feelings. And so I've worked the full spectrum. Hmm. So good. So the friends that are listening right now have a heart for sharing the gospel with children of all kinds. And they're doing that right out of the public school. And they're seeing the same kids that you see every day. And so some of the kids that they're coming in contact with have special needs. And so Danica, when I started thinking about this and started thinking about talking to our audience about special needs kids, one of the first questions I want to ask may seem obvious, but do special needs kids of all varieties have a need to hear the gospel? Absolutely. I see it as in the gospels, we don't see a lot of kids, a lot of kid interaction, but the people that Jesus does work with are always people who seem to need him the most. And kids are no different. So whatever need they may have, whatever trouble they have interacting with our world, they need Jesus um, as much as the next person. And sometimes even more desperately, if that's possible, if that's a scale. Yeah, I think that's true. I think that a lot of times we see outward behaviors rather than looking at it inside. Because, I mean, you've been in classrooms and now you're a teacher full time, not just pair pro. Yep. You've got kids that you're like, you are a pain, right? Like sure. your needs are exaggerated sure. in this moment. So first of all, tell us now, having flipped the role just a little bit and being in a mainstream classroom, what's your perspective on having special needs kids mainstreamed in classrooms? Sure. It is not easy. And I, I never thought it was easy even from the other side, working side by side with the kid. Never thought it was easy. It's definitely a different ball game when you have 25 kids who need your attention and one or two or three of them need a lot of extra attention. And there's only one of you. So at best two. And so it is difficult from that perspective. I imagine that makes you more prayerful. It does. Yes. It does make me more prayerful. And it just shows me that while I can see that they have a a lot to learn about interacting with the world, I have a lot of of learning to do about interacting with them and, and them in groups. I love that answer, too. So I think that's probably one of our first encouragements is that when you are given the privilege. Yes. Yes. Of walking alongside a special needs kid who is being mainstreamed. Yes. 
that that's challenging for them as well as you, right? Absolutely. We can't imagine how challenging it is for them. We think it's challenging for us, and it is, and we should validate that, but it is far, far more difficult for them. Well, you know this. I have a special needs daughter in my home, and she comes home completely exhausted at the end of the day. And I think maybe you could even explain that better than I could. Could you take a whack at that? (laughs) Sure. Any student who has needs that need to be met in school, it takes a lot, a lot of work for them to get through a day. There are overwhelming things, whether it's simply information and academics that is beyond them, whether it's socially and they don't know how to do that socially, whether it's sensory and there's just like so much going on. I work in the elementary school for a reason. A high school, <laughs> there's a lot going on all the time. And so there's just a lot and it can be exhausting by the end of the day. They can just be, have used all of their energy. I love school. that. My daughter often says, I do not, she's in high school now, I do not want to people anymore. Yes, yes. And that's fair. I mean, adults feel like that, but kids who are in the middle of being forced to learn, to stretch, to grow, to self-regulate really are tired. So as we encounter them at Bible to school or even at church or outside, there just needs to be grace upon grace because they are working harder than probably the average kid. Yes, absolutely. So much grace when we see those kids, for sure. Okay, so if a kid becomes out of control during club or something like that, I know that you're going to encourage us to give them time to self-regulate. What would you do if a kid we were meeting with and something just hyped up or the kid just could not seem to bring it back together while we're in the middle of a teaching session? Sure. I like that question because it happens. And sometimes we just like to sort of like ignore that that might happen and just like come at it, you know, when it when it happens. But it's good to be prepared. So one thing I would say is that when a student is seems to be overreacting to something or they're refusing to do something or they are just wild and out of control, it seems Well, first of all, they probably are. They probably are dysregulated and they're not in control of their bodies and minds. So having a safe space where they can go and maybe maybe that day is not the day that they're going to learn the most about the Bible or the lesson or they may not participate in the game. And in the scheme of life, it's not really a big deal. And kids work hard. They work harder than adults do. And most of the time, because they'll come back the next time. And you know what? They'll probably do the activity. So if it's just not working that day and they would like to just sit out or do an alternate activity that's a little bit quieter or more manageable, that's fine. It's one day and we can let them regulate. We would want people to let us regulate if we were feeling out of control. Mm, I love that. Let's pause right now and take a question from one of our Bible to School kids. My mom says she connects with God every day. How do you do that? Children are so observant, aren't they? We talk a lot about being intentional with discipling our children and the children around us. And sometimes that means being intentional with our own spiritual disciplines, like reading the Bible and praying, so we can continue to grow in faith and set the example for our family. 
Kudos to this mom for incorporating God into everyday conversation and inviting her child into a pattern of connecting with God on a daily basis. Pointing out to kids great real life examples when we see them really makes an impact and answers this question well. We've learned so much because we have brought a special ed respite program to our church. Yes. And what we're finding is, is that most churches don't know how to deal with the special needs families and kids that are within their midst. And I think one of the things I've learned alongside you, Danica, is that helping families take care of special needs kids and meeting their individual needs is maybe one of the most loving acts that we can do. Yes, it is. And having come at it from being in a family where special needs was a reality and having worked with people in the church who have children or teens that are special needs, it's so important. Sometimes just the little things are so important. It's so important to walk alongside them and not get focused on, like I tend to do this, I think about every student in our church that has special needs. When really, if I focus on a family. What can I do for you? Can I take your child to football? Can I take them out for ice cream? What What can I do so that that student has a good relationship with someone in the church and to support the family as they're walking through it? Well, here at Bible School, we've been talking about every child needs five committed adults and yes. safe adults in their lives. And that's what you're talking about here is that same ratio is maybe even higher with our special needs kids is that there needs to be those safe people outside of just their parents who interact with them. Absolutely. And it's harder to do. It's harder to find as a family looking for people to support. It's hard to ask for that. It's really hard to ask for that. And so being the person that says, you know what, I don't know a lot about what your child needs, but I would love to help. How can I help? How how can I best interact with them? And they're awkward questions to ask, but it's really important. And most of those families are, first of all, used to explaining their child's needs and they appreciate being asked. As long as it's respectful and caring, really, like, how can I best interact with your child? What what do they like to talk about? Like families will love if you ask that. I love that so much too. And I really do want to keep bringing home that special needs kids come in all different shapes and sizes. Yes. But they have been built with the same God-sized hole in their hearts. So the gospel must reach them too. Yes, absolutely. But it most likely will happen off script, right? Like we build these lesson plans and they look so good. But hard change for them often happens in those one-on-one moments, right? Yes, absolutely. I like to think of, I had a student, and it, it wasn't at church, but at church, we we have an opportunity or church or Bible-related things where we don't have to get a specific curriculum done, which we do at school. But at school, there was this student, and I, he would do what I call noodling. And that would be just like laying in the middle of the floor, kind of like refusing to move. He kind of just would get overwhelmed and just like noodle and just like dead weight. And sometimes all you could do was just sit there with him. And I thought to myself, man, if we 
if this student came to church, which he doesn't go to church because um, it's it's hard for many special needs families to go to church. Many of them do not. But I was like, if he was in church, I could sit here and I could just tell him about Jesus. And I could just sit here and we wouldn't have to follow a lesson plan. I wouldn't be worried. And so it's just it's just good to remember that some of that is just, you know what, just even being in the presence of someone who loves Jesus and wants you to love Jesus is the way to a person's heart. And that's no different mm. with these kids. I love that. So we talked about when kids are deregulated. And I see this at my house too. It's like you walk in that day and all of a sudden, you know, something's off with yes. a kid. Yes. Right. Like lots of clues. If you're tuned into kids at all, you know, like that kid's not okay today. Yes. Yes. So at Bible school, we're doing crafts. We're doing songs. We're doing um, Bible lessons that are really interactive. And I'm sure that's really stimulating. What are some tools or practical things that we could do to make a space where kids could re-regulate themselves? Sure. Yes. First of all, I love the concept of this program. That's very cool. And the other thing is that like, if you have a consistent schedule, first of all, that's really important for these kids to have a consistent schedule. So if you, for instance, have all if, kids, but all kids, yeah, yeah. <laughs> any kid. But if you have a consistent schedule and you, you know, do a game first and then you do a memory verse and then and it's always the same, then a student knows if they can't handle a certain part, then maybe they can step out of that part. Maybe they can step out of the game and then come back in for Bible memory or whatever is next. So that's really important. And another thing is is letting them participate at, at, at a level that they're comfortable with. And that is different for every kid on this planet. And if you're attuned to a, a student and you're like, I don't I don't know if they want to participate at this high of a level, but they might just sit and listen or they might just talk. They might not write or whatever it is. Just being willing to change, change your not your expectations of what they learn, but your expectations of how they might go about that. Mm, that's so well said. So well said. I imagine that there are friends that are listening that think that coming alongside kids in this way sounds like a lot of work. And it can be. Yes. But Danica, I know that there have been students that you've had over the years that have graduated and become relatively socially normal are able to regulate really well. And part of that's because they've been supported well yes. over the years, right? Yes. And I always say to to even new parapros that come in now, but like day to day, it does not feel like you're getting anywhere. It, it feels like you are just sitting with a kid who's noodling on the floor, you know, just not doing anything day in and day out. And then that student becomes a successful fourth grader and you are like, how did we get here? But it's because they've been supported and we've allowed them to learn at their own pace. Mm. Well, both of us have really developed heart for parents of special needs kids. Yes. Because it is a lonely and hard road. I mean, getting a phone call from your teacher or from your kid's school that your child is deregulated again or escalated or hijacked class is so disappointing. Yes. And embarrassing. Yep. 
And both of us probably feel like crying right now thinking yes. about it. And one of the most loving things that we could do for a family of a special needs kid is to really just love that child well. Yes, absolutely. I mean, we've talked about letting the students feel their feelings and, you know, coming back to learn or participate at their own rate. And that also goes for parents and siblings of of those kids with special needs. They're allowed to feel that any of those things and just being there, being next to them, being present is important in in all of those situations. Mm, I think it's so good. And as we talk about at Bible school, bringing kids in so that they can hear the gospel, one of the constant fringe benefits is that their parents are brought along with them sure. through yeah. that. And that's the truth with, with special needs kids too. The better that we can love the special needs kids, it's actually like the gospel is easier to break through because people, especially parents, want to know, why do you love my kids so much? Yes. Yes. They are inherently worth the gospel. And Jesus died for them. Jesus died for them. I love that. Oh, Danica, we're almost out of time here. But as you can imagine, there are probably some leaders who feel a little worn and a little weary. Yes. And they just all of a sudden recognize, oh, my kid that I've been working with is not just naughty. He may actually have special needs. Sure. And sure. there's grace for that moment, Absolutely. right? <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. And one of those things is that you may not know. This is true in church, too. You may not know that the student that you're working with has special needs. And that's a very hard place to be. But it also gives you an opportunity to, like, crack their code. What What is their code? What What do they need to be successful? And whenever you find out or you think to yourself, wow, this kid might have more needs than I originally thought. Start with grace for yourself and grace for the student and just try and crack their code. Mm. Danica, first of all, thank you, because you have been one of the five for many of my children, but especially my special needs daughter. And it mattered. It has mattered for someone to look at her and believe the very best and to keep pouring Jesus in. Yes. So, Love that girl. Yeah. Thanks. All of your kids. Thanks for that. <laughs> but also, I just I wonder if you'd wrap up our time together by praying for the friends that are listening that want to do this better. Sure. Absolutely. Dear Lord, thank you for these leaders, these people who are invested in this program and who pour into the lives of students every day. And just thank you for their time and commitment um, up to this point. And Lord, I pray that as we think about kids who have more needs than we might know what to do with, I want you to give us grace for ourselves, for those kids. Uh, give us wisdom that is beyond what we actually know that can only come from you and help us to be a peaceful presence for those kids and for those families so that we can lead them to you. And um, in these things, I pray Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thanks, Danica. Thank you. What a special reminder that God came for all of us with special attention spent on the least of these. Friend, we pray that today's content served you well as you walk alongside the kids God has brought to you. You never, ever know what a day will bring with kids. 
My friend, Corey Pennypacker, our executive director at Bible School, shared a huge God story of her time walking the block with a couple of kids to Bible School this week. A little girl was ready to pop with her questions for Corey about demons and God's power over them. Corey and I laughed for a moment and then I got all teared up because I get teared up and because these sweet girls wanted truth and peace. And that's what we uniquely hold out to the next generation when we tell them about Jesus. We're always sharing God's stories on our blog at BibleToSchool.com and on social media. We're Bible, the number two school across every platform. We'd love to hear from you. Remember, we can tell the children about Jesus. We can tell all the children. We'll see you next week.